0: The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message.
1: I'm going to read from uh, Exodus uh, chapter 13, uh, verses 17 and 18. It says that it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Father, we just thank you for your word we just ask your blessing upon this message, God, and we just, we just thank you for your presence, God. And we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you for a little while on surviving the wilderness. And whether you know it or not, you're about to uh, go into a time in life that's going to seem like a wilderness because where you go, everyone is going to try and tell you that everything you've been taught is wrong uh, you've already got this th- kind of built-in thing in you that try to get you to like get out of the nest that already says, yeah, I'm going to look right at you, Shane, a lot today, <laughs> that already is saying that mom and dad aren't as smart as I thought they were. Maybe I can do this on my own. And then you get out, and then you've got everybody else telling you all this crazy stuff, too. And you've got to kind of filter through that wilderness in this life experience. But it's part of the process of getting to where uh, God wants you to be and being the man that God's called you to be or the woman that God's uh, called you to be. Uh, but you'll make it through this and you're going to do great things for, for the kingdom. Um, it reminds me of when I was a teenager. Uh, I was probably about 13 and uh, growing up in the country, we kind of got to do what we wanted a lot. And uh, we had uh, several of the cousins over at Grandma's one Sunday, and uh, or maybe it was a Saturday, I can't remember, but uh, we, we decided we were going to go trail riding in the woods on some four-wheelers. So well, the crazy thing was, is I was the oldest. So we went down to about eight or nine years old, uh, and we had four or five four-wheelers, and we had about two people on just about every four-wheeler. There may have been somebody getting to ride solo, and we... We decided we were gonna go somewhere we really weren't supposed to go. And, uh, but this person was like a second or third cousin uh, to my mom, which about everybody in Grays Creek at that time was a second or third cousin to my mom. So we were gonna go back on his land. It was a new place we hadn't been. And so uh, we're driving through, or riding through, and we go through these really high weeds, which isn't a problem because you can see where you've ran over the weeds. You can always get out, but we get into the woods, this wooded area. And we're going all through and we get lost. And um, we cannot figure out how to get out of there. And we were having fun until we realized we were lost. Maybe you can relate to that in life. (laughs) It seemed like a good time until we realized we were in trouble. And so um, back then, of course, nobody had cell phones. And so we had no clue what time it was or how long we had been in this situation. So we start panicking we think that we've been there like hours and it's probably been like 20 minutes, but you know, when you're young and uh, the young ones are crying, they're never going to see their mom again. I mean, we're literally just in some woods, right? You know, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal because we're thinking if we don't get back in a little while and if we happen to not find our way and it does get dark, they're going to know we were someplace we weren't supposed to be. And the older ones are going to get in trouble. So we want to get out just as bad as the younger ones that are crying. But we can't figure out. I mean, we're completely turned around. And uh, so we start arguing with each other. And have you ever noticed somebody when they get lost, they're really good at arguing? They're all, they'll start, you're just try to have a conversation with them, they turn it into an argument. And so we're arguing with each other. And so I'm the oldest. And finally I tell everybody to, uh, there's not any really little kids in here. I tell them all to shut up. I've said that before and got accused of using the S word while I was preaching, so I got to be making sure there's no little kids in here. Maybe you don't like your kid to say that, but I tell them all to hush, and we cut the foolers off. Tell everybody to quit arguing, and when we turned everything off, I realized we could I could hear a car. So I told them all to hush again, and we all got real quiet and start listening. And we can, even though there's not much traffic on the road, we can actually hear. The, the road we realized we weren't very far We weren't as far as our minds were telling us that we were from where we needed to be And so I told them all to just get quiet just listen a second and I said forget how we got in this mess Let's just get to the road if we can get to the road Then we can find our we can find our way home. It doesn't matter who got us lost It doesn't matter who took the wrong turn if we can just get back to the road and see, that's what's going to happen to many of us in life is when you get in those situations where everything's chaotic and everything's an argument and everything's so loud and there's voices everywhere, if you can just get still and if you can just stop the noise, stop talking for just a little while and, and begin to listen, listen for his voice, let him get you back, get, get into his word and get back to the path Because if you'll get back to the path, you will reach the destiny that God has for you. It doesn't matter how many wrong turns you've taken. It doesn't matter how lost you think you are. The enemy tries to tell you are. You're not as far away as he wants you to believe. If you just get quiet, you'll hear he's always calling. And see, the wilderness can be scary and it can be uncomfortable. It can be a lonely place, but we all face the wilderness It's just like the valleys that we face in our lives. There are going to be those times that we have to go through the wilderness. And so we know that God has a plan for our lives, just like He has a plan for our graduates. He has an amazing plan for your life, each and every one of us. And we love knowing that He has a plan. Everybody loves that message, that God has a plan for you. That gets people excited. We look forward to the plan that He has for our lives and sometimes we're, we're so anxious and we're so excited for the plan that we fail to realize that there's a process. There's a process that we all go, to, go through that leads to uh, the plan. And most of us, if we're, if we're being honest, we're not nearly as thrilled about the process as we are the plan. We just, just want to get there. We just want to arrive. Uh, but that's not how it works. The process is necessary. And see, as our graduates are going to soon find out, and some of you younger ones that are coming up after them, uh, you're going to find out that there are going to be many things that you have to go through in life that are not fun, but they're necessary. We've all had to do it. And see, the word process, just like in the word procedure, proceed, processional, all of those words, they, it indicates moving towards something, not just standing still. The processional that our graduates have have walked through, or or will be walking through for graduation ceremonies, and and uh, even the processional that they'll one day walk through as they're uh, as they get married, it indicates that the journey of life. You're proceeding to the next thing. The processional reminds us that nobody just arrives anywhere. There's a process. There's always a process for all of us, and so we see this in the children of Israel as they're. As they're coming out of Egypt and they're they're going to the Promised Land, God had a plan. God had a plan for His people, but they wandered through the process known as the wilderness for 40 years. That's a long time. See, the wilderness is a process, and it, and it seems a lot of times like the enemy likes to come against people in that you know that transition process in life. You know, the, the, all the statistics about oh. We have kids in church, and then as soon as they graduate, we lose this many, this high percentage of them. It's those transitions where there's uncertainty, where people don't know what's going to happen. He loves to come in and try to confuse people. He comes in with force uh, uh, like never before while you're in the, in the wilderness. And he does some of his best work while we're in the wilderness because we're uncertain of where that process is going to lead and when that process is, is going to end. So how do we survive the wilderness how do we come out the way that God wants us to? The first thing we have to do is we have to realize that there are some, some things that we're not meant to change. We're just meant to survive. Now, this is hard for me. I love to change things. Um, the children of Israel, they were not meant to change the wilderness. They were, the wilderness was meant to change them. And that's what we have to realize about some things that we go through in life because we see it, and whether it's for us or for our kids, we immediately want to change it because we see something that's difficult. Man, that'd be a lot easier if you did it this way. Do you ever do that? I do it all the time. It'd make more sense if you did it this way. But some things you're not meant to change, it's meant to change you. It's meant to make a difference uh, in you. And and sometimes when I haven't uh, seen mom and dad for a while, which that means like 24 hours because they live beside me, but if I have, if me and Heather have been busy or we've been gone like this week, I might go over there on a Saturday morning or something like that for a little while. And I'll, I'll come home and because uh, Heather and I have something planned to do. And I was like, all right, now that I've, we've solved all the world's problems, we can go do whatever you've got for us to do today. Because we're talking about all the things we would change. Um, camp meeting, I, I, I really enjoyed camp meeting. And like I said, I think it's probably the best one that I've been to. Everything, it It, it was really good. But uh, Heather was picking on me. She said, after the first service at camp meeting, I already had two or three things that I would have changed. And I, I just asked her, I said, well, was I wrong? She said, no. I said, all right, then. <laughs> they, somebody needs to put out, send out one of those uh, forms where you can give them your feedback. <laughs> but, but we want to change stuff. And see, uh, the children of Israel, they didn't change anything until they left the wilderness and entered, uh, and entered into Canaan. That's when change began to happen. That's when they started marching around walls. That's when they started defeating giants. That's when they started gaining ground. See, the wilderness was was a filtering time. It was a time of preparation. We don't like that, but it's the same way for us. It may be difficult. It may seem long, but it's a time that things are filtered out of our lives that don't need to be there. It's a time of preparing us for that plan that God has. Even look at Moses. He thought he was ready to be Israel's great deliverer at age 40, but he wasn't. God had to lead him, uh, let him into the wilderness and had to work on him for another 40 years until he was 80, and then he was ready to do what God had for him, had for him to do. I think a lot of people experience that. Uh, I was at a service one time, and I didn't know the guy had, uh, I didn't know he was, felt called to the ministry, and he had a new suit on, he had his Bible he had a little notebook, and he had asked the preacher, could he say something? And he got up, and about 15 seconds later, he just looked at the crowd and said, well, I thought I had more to say than that, and sat down. I mean literally 15 seconds, not a, not five minutes. It was he, he didn't know. He was thought just because he felt the call, he immediately jumps into the plan. But there's a process that we all have to go through. If it happened for Moses, it's probably going to happen for us. I think... You know, I don't know that when, how long it would take God to get me ready to lead every. How many million people did He lead out? They, they, it varies. I think some say two, some say six. It takes a while to be ready to lead six million people around in the woods for 40 years. See, God desires to use all of us, but we're going to have to survive some things, not always try to change them. We have to be like the trees in the winter. All the sap goes down underground only to come alive again in the spring. The tree doesn't change anything. It simply outlives the winter season. And, it, and if we would just hold on, we're going to see that also we're going to experience a springtime in our lives. We're going to experience a time of fruitfulness after our time of the wilderness. There's some things in this life that we simply outlive instead of trying to change. The second way to survive the wilderness is Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. We're all guilty of this, too. We seem like something's going to last forever. But the wilderness that you're going through, it's only temporary. Some may last longer than others, but it's still temporary. Our graduates, you're already in college. Hannah's about to go. Uh, College is temporary. If you can understand that and grasp that, you'll be successful at it. If you're hard-headed like me and feel like it's going to last forever, you're going to make some bad decisions and it end up being a lot more temporary than it was supposed to be. I thought it was, I just felt like college would last forever. I was going to be there the rest of my life. I made decisions based on that and I was not there the rest of my life. I had to go get a job. Uh, we do the same thing with friends, with uh, relationships. Some people, they base everything about rela- relationships are important. Relationships take work and, the, and you need people in your life. But some people, they base everything like a relationship's going to last forever. And I'm talking about a friendship, not a marriage, Shane. But, but unfortunately, whether we want to accept it or not, most relationships, they're temporary because you change jobs. And now that person that was your best friend, you haven't talked to in five years. You move to another location, and that person who was your best friend, you just like their pictures on Facebook, but you don't have any relationship with them. It, it changes things. Um, when has anybody in here, did you ever skip school? Did you get caught? Oh, wow, Michelle, you're not alone. Everybody got caught. I never skipped school because I always just told my mom or dad I wasn't going. Uh, If I didn't want to go Um, But uh, and I didn't do it very often so they were okay with it, but Michelle did skip school and Michelle was probably the best between me her and Jill. She probably was the best kid Uh, I was labeled as the best But Michelle probably actually was the best the only thing was anything she did she got called It didn't matter how small it was she always got caught. So this was back, uh, I was about 12 years old. Michelle had her driver's license, so she's 16, and, and uh, she had been skipping some school, hanging out with friends. And, uh, and I think she really got caught because she was involved in sports and everything, so she had to come up with this big story about how her day was. Not just about her classes, how was practice, how was this, how was that? Oh, practice was good. Yeah, so, and uh, did the school call on you or did that girl's mom called? Yeah, she made one, a girl mad that had, you know those cool parents that don't care if you skip school and they're really not cool, you just think they are? Well, she made that, that lady's daughter mad. So that lady called and told my mom that Michelle was skipping school. The cool parent told on her. And so uh, we're, I'm all geared up because this is back when, there was only like two pay-per-view wrestlings a year. And Dad had gotten the pay-per-view wrestling match for me. So I've got like four or five 11- and 12-year-olds over there at the, at the house, and we're going to watch Hulk Hogan slam somebody. And instead, we got to watch Dad slam Michelle. It was great. But we got, we got to hear it. We didn't get to watch it. It was about the time the countdown was coming on for whatever it was. Maybe it was WrestleMania. I don't know. But we all knew what was happening. And Michelle comes home. And so our eyes are getting big. And my dad's like, Michelle, me and your mom need to talk to you in the back. And we're like cutting the volume down on the TV. (laughs) And they're in the back, and they're like, uh, my dad's like, have you been skipping school? No, Dad. Then there's one main rule my dad's always had. You don't lie to him. Don't lie. Well, she broke the rule. So he, he's got his belt off now, and we hear, we hear that pop. Did you skip school? Yes. <laughs> Where are you, who are you skipping school with? Nobody. It was just me. Wow. It was me and Shannon. And she's screaming this because Michelle's real dramatic when she would get her spankings. And uh, he says, she's like, so it's me and Shannon. And they're whack. It was me, Shannon, and Daryl. Whack, whack. It was me, Shannon, Daryl, and Sean. And then now she's the truth and nothing but the truth. She's like, that's it, dad. There was nobody else. No one else was just us. And uh, we were just in there rolling in the living room, listening to all of it. But the thing about it was, I don't think she ever skipped school again. I think he broke her that night from doing that. But uh, do y'all whip your kids? Is that our, did y'all get spankings? Yeah, we didn't get very many of them, but there was a few of them. They, They did a pretty good job. We remembered those. But the thing about it was, is Michelle basically skipped school because it was her friend's idea. And she was going to, she thought she was going to be tough. She just couldn't take those licks dad was giving her. She she was going to not tell on it. She was going to take it all on herself. Not tell on any of her friends, which nothing happened to her friends anyways. But she was making all her decisions that these are my best friends. They weren't even her friends the next school year. But, you know, that, oh, these are my best friends. I, I could, oh, I'll never have friends like these, and you don't even talk to them anymore. And actually, mom and dad are right. One one out of that group of friends ended up getting in real big trouble uh, just a few years later than that. But see, she was making decisions based on temporary circumstances. And we all do the same things. It's funny to hear about a 16-year-old uh, doing something like that, but we've all done it. I just can't take any more of this. But what you're talking about is temporary. The best advice I ever got from someone because I I did exterminating work for 20 years. And when I first, uh, I had to go to work in Lumberton and I was having to clean up somebody's mess. And they had all this work they wanted me to do. And I thought it was ridiculous, but I'm trying to figure out how to get it done. And this was my manager. He told me, just do what you can do and go home. I'm not telling anybody that for your job. It was just in this certain situation because it was a mess that had been made. And uh, I said, yeah, but they're, they're saying this, they're saying that. And he said this. He said, what are they going to do, eat you? I said, well, I never thought about it like that. It seemed like the best advice ever to 18-year-old, 19-year-old me. And he said, uh, "He said you can, you've got this many hours in the day that they're expecting you to work. Go do what you're supposed to do and then leave the rest for the next day. and Quit worrying about so much stuff. But how many of us, we worry the job was over at five and we're still worrying about it at nine o'clock at night. We can't sleep over. We got to get. And the truth is, is if you quit tomorrow, they're going to replace you and move on. And it's not going to There's nothing. It's not going to bother them a bit. We're making these decisions and it's a temporary circumstance, whether it's a difficult job, because it was a difficult job. It was nasty crawling those houses in Lumberton, but it was only temporary. It wasn't something that I had to just continue to dwell on. And see, the children of Israel, they made the mistake more than once while in the wilderness of making decisions based on temporary circumstances. And it always cost them dearly. See, during these times, we have to remember to spend time with the Lord, spend time in prayer. We have to uh, allow God to help us with the decisions that we have to make and trust Him with the plan and the process that He has for our lives. The third and the final way to survive the wilderness is to remember that you have an appointment with destiny. God doesn't just have a plan for everybody in here but you. It's for all of us. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And Satan will try to destroy the will of God in our lives because it's what he does. And see, circumstances and situations will come up and they'll, they'll try to make us give up on the promises of God for us trying to make us give up on the plans that he has for us. But we have to remember, we have an appointment with destiny. God's plan is his plan. Just look at Adam and Eve. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but God told Eve that uh, she would be the mother of all living, right? And then one day, a circumstance happens. And this circumstance tells her that all you've given birth to is a dead body and a murderer. That's all you're able to produce. That's, I, have you ever thought about that? Can you imagine what Eve must have felt like? Her two firstborn, one's dead, the other one is his murderer. Can you imagine what the enemy said to her? God's never, you're never going to be the mother of all the living. Look at, look at what's happened. Not only did you eat the fruit, look at what, look at what your boys are doing. Look at, what, look at what's happened. See, what happened to the promise of God for you, Eve? It's, it's never going to happen. I don't know if you've thought of that. Can you imagine the torment that she went through? See, we should never forget. Nothing just occurs to God. Nothing takes him off guard. Nothing catches him by surprise. No matter what circumstances may say, God has put a plan, of provision into your destiny. No matter how lost you are in those woods on the four-wheeler, it don't matter. He's already made a way. I don't know how to get back. Maybe you don't have to get back. He has a way to get you out. Well, they just saying about him being the waymaker. Not only is it, he is the way. He's not just the waymaker, he's the way. See, circumstances will tell you that you're too young. Circumstances will tell you that you're too old. Circumstances will tell you that you're that you're too uneducated. Circumstances will say that that you'll never make it to your destiny because You used to make a lot of money, but now you've got a different job or you don't have a job at all. You don't have any money. Things are too tight. You don't have what it takes. Or maybe you blew all the money and so you'll never make it. God would never use someone like you that's messed up this bad. Circumstances will try to convince you that your destiny was destroyed through divorce. Try to convince you that it was destroyed through the paths that your kids have followed. Don't believe the lies. Circumstances will try to make you believe that your past has completely consumed the plan that God had for you. Don't believe it. God's plan is still there, His promise is still true, and He's already made a way of provision for each and every one of us. No matter what your past is, good or bad, no matter what decisions you've made, whether they were great or they were horrible, it doesn't matter. It was all part of the process. God knew what you were going to do. God knew what was going to happen. And He's already made a way of provision. He's already made a way. We read later in Genesis that God gave Adam and Eve Seth. Now the name Seth means substitute. So even when it seems that everything has gone wrong, there's a divine substitute waiting to be born in our lives. That's for every one of us. See, Seth is not second best. Seth is not just a quick fix because something went wrong. Seth is the ultimate plan of God to fulfill his purpose, his original promise to us in the first place. It's just the way that it is. And uh, I, I, I know what God has done in my life. And I'm... Uh, so a little over 15 years ago God sent me and uh, Stephen and Hannah Seth when he sent me Heather. And if anybody's ever met Heather, you know good and well she's not second best to anything. <laughs> she's as good as it gets. And it seemed like everything was messed up. It was when 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 I, what I went when I went through what I went through, I had to spend a whole day uh going out and doing all kinds of stuff to make sure that I had my ch- kids protected and I had other things protected as soon as I got through it was almost like dealing with the death in the family you know how the people stay really busy and then when the funeral's over they crash i i spent about a little 24 to 36 hours taking care of everything and then i crashed and i was in i just stayed in the bed for about 24 hours crying it's not easy there's a lot of things you go through but I didn't, I didn't know at the time. I was trying to figure out all kinds of stuff. How, do, how could I fix this? How could I fix that? I didn't have to fix any of it. God already had a Seth waiting. He already had. It's not just the, sub, the substitute in the way it's not second best. It was God's ultimate plan all along. He already had it worked out. There was a way he was still going to get me to the place that he wanted me to be. There was a way that he was still going to provide for my children to have what they needed to have. Seth is the ultimate plan of God to fulfill his promise in your life. And it doesn't matter how bad you've messed up or what anyone else has done to you, you might not have done anything. You might be innocent all day long, but circumstances have come against you. It's not over. God has a plan for you, He has a provision ready. See, Satan can delay the plan of God, but he can't deny it. He can hinder it, but he can't stop it. Now, he's going to try, but he's going to fail because you have an appointment with destiny god has a plan for you you will survive the wilderness if you'll trust god and hold on to the promise and the plan that he has he will always make a way people have been through so many there's so many traumatic events that people have gone through Um, stories that would break our hearts that that there's probably there's no telling how many stories are even in this in this room and um I don't really know why I even shared what I did about myself there, but I'm, I'm, I've told this one other time, so I'm going to tell it just because I don't know. Maybe somebody needs to hear it, but sometimes you see people and you don't understand why they react the way they do or why they, I guess maybe not even react, why they act the way that they do. And um, we don't know what they've been through. We don't know, and, and, and it can be the weirdest thing to, to, to trigger it. And uh, whether it's sickness, whether it's somebody that's, uh, whether death, whether somebody has been unfaithful, done something uh, to that nature to cause problems. But uh, it's this, is, so Heather bought me a gift one time, and I couldn't take the gift. And it was I didn't want to tell her, and it took it, it was a I don't know it was a day or two before I finally told her, and uh, she uh, and some of you may have heard me tell this before, but it's been years. But uh, she bought me this cologne, and this cologne it was a popular at the time. It might still be popular, but uh, she said, "Oh, I got this cologne for you. I, it smells so good. You just got to wear this cologne." And uh, she's spraying it. And I'm just, you know, she's like, oh, don't you like it? Yeah, it's nice. Don't have much to say about it. And so I finally told her a day or two later, I said, look, you got to give that cologne to somebody else. I'm not going to wear it. And now I'm hurting her feelings. And uh, she said, I don't understand why you won't wear it. I said, well, the reason I can't wear it is because really the, the only gift I ever got, uh, in my first marriage that was, that was just a gift, just any, any reason, just, oh, would it be nice, was that cologne, and I found out about, uh, about a month, maybe two months after I got that cologne, that, uh, She bought me that cologne because it was the cologne that the guy at her job wore. So you can imagine what, (laughs) you can imagine where that bottle of cologne went when I found that, found that out. And what was weird is you would have, you have no idea how stuff does not bother me. Like stuff just doesn't bother me. People, jokes, anything. I'm one of the I don't know I, that's one reason I like to dish it out so much because I can take it with the best of them it's stuff just you pick on me whatever people be mean to me It doesn't really affect me and I really I didn't know how bad that when I found that out I was the one who figured that out and uh, I laughed about it but then this time later when Heather brings me this gift it did something that I didn't even realize was there and there's a lot of people that are walking around with hurts and trauma and they get in arguments or they bow up at people and get all mad and puffed up and they don't realize that there's trauma there that they, they, they don't know. I didn't know it was there until when I unwrapped that and saw that was in that box. That was when I knew that there was something I needed to deal with. I didn't have a clue until then. And there's some people, it can be like that. It can be a smell. It can be something they see, something they hear. And I don't know if, if maybe you've had events in your life and you and things have happened to you, you haven't even thought about it. You haven't even realized the damage that was done. You haven't even realized maybe the foothold that the enemy used to, to just cause you to not be you, to not be God's best that he has for you, whether it's ill, short-tempered, or you know, easily offended, or what, whatever, whatever it is. But see, God wants you to get through that he wants you through that wilderness of hurt and offense because he has a plan for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what they did to you. God will provide a way. He'll provide a way for you to deal with each and every one of those hurts if you really want them gone. Now, some people don't want them gone. They want to hold on to them. They like being offended. They like being... Now, I, you know, she could... But that, If I would tell you the name, you could buy me all that cologne you want, and I'll just wear it because that's been dealt with. But at that time, it was just something that I had no clue was even there. Because sometimes when you're going through the wilderness, things happen. And so I don't know. I I planned on praying differently, like for the graduates and all, but I just feel like that's what we need to pray about today is that people that you're going through the wilderness, not that God's going to take you out, but that you're going to be faithful in the process and you're going to hear his voice and get back on the right path. And then I want to pray for those traumas or those hurts that maybe you've had in your life that you've picked up along the way. That today's the day it's time to just let those things go. And so as I play, I'm just going to open the altars. If you want to come up, I, would just, I want to pray with you today. Or if you just want to kneel down and spend time on your own, whatever it is. We just want to give the Lord, the Holy Spirit, an opportunity to minister, uh, to minister to hearts today. So God, we just thank you for your presence, Lord. I pray that you begin to speak to hearts, Lord. Those, anyone that this message has spoken to, Lord, that they would just come forward for prayer, that you would just bring healing and deliverance, God. Lord, that every lie the enemy uses from our circumstances, God, would just be broken down today. Every chain broken and fallen off, Lord. People would just begin to be set free, Lord. Lord, that we would get quiet. We would get in your word and hear your voice. Get back on the path that leads us to the appointment with destiny that you have for each and every one of us, God. We just bless your name, Lord. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your love, God. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. God, we just just want to be faithful in all that you've called us to, God. And So, Lord, I just pray that we would all continue to trust you in the process, Lord. Lord, that we would just go after your voice and your call, God. And I just pray blessings over every person here today, God. Lord, we just uh, thank you for, for souls, Lord, for loved ones coming back, Lord, and coming to, to know Jesus, Lord, those that have never met him and those that are rededicate their lives, Lord. We thank you for healings to take place, God. We thank you for breakthrough and deliverance. And, God, we just know that you are for us and all that we do and we just give you honor and glory in jesus name
0: amen we are so happy that you joined us today if you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry you can find more information at sapona road if you're local to the fayetteville north carolina area our meeting times are 10 45 a.m sunday mornings and seven o'clock p.m wednesdays for our connect groups from all of us here at sapona road church We hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.